This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Quite possibly the most fun, wackiest Wednesday show of the year. Or am I overselling? I probably shouldn't have oversold it like that because now all we can do is fall short of those expectations. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Adam, Heath, and Dave on a Wednesday morning, ready to talk some trade, ready to give you some rest of season rankings, ready for some fantasy jeopardy. Woo! We are Today's ready. fantasy jeopardy? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. even prepare. How are you going to prepare? By, by watching regular wasn't. jeopardy? Like, taking yeah. notes? <laughs> Uh, this episode, guys, is sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer later in the show. Okay, how you doing? Good morning, guys. What's up? Morning. Hey, here's... morning, Adam. Hey. A grand morning to all. Uh, Adam, did you have your bacon this morning? No, I have grown out of bacon. I don't really like it anymore. There that, we that go. Weird? It's been like... Three months <laughs> since I was able to add something to the. I appreciate you, Dave, for making sure that got out there into the podcast verse, and I will make sure that it gets added on to the uh, Twitter thread of Adam's terrible takes. Yeah. And uh, okay, don't worry, there, there's more coming. Yeah, well, I guess I shouldn't say I don't like it. I just it's just unhealthy, so I've eliminated it, and I don't. Like it as what, much as I used are to. Are you kidding why, me? The why things would you that want you bacon? eat and you're worried about bacon. What do I eat that's so bad? I don't know. Why would you want bacon when you can have that perfectly great stalk of celery that's <laughs> no, sitting in your My fridge? breakfast every morning, is, if I have time, is oatmeal with bananas, strawberries, usually peaches. It's just, Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really? just, I'm an adult. I'm an adult you're, now. You're not the only person I know who has that for breakfast every morning. Oh, who else? My mother-in-law. Every morning. <laughs> oatmeal. Fruit. Right. Yeah, my mom. Okay, so who's your favorite buy low? Let's start with that, and we'll get to the fun stuff. We have a new segment today, by the way, as well. Uh, Jacob Gibbs of Sportsline is giving us his favorite stats for week four. Jacob Gibbs has the best stats, like just the most random stuff that you'd never even think to even look at. I love it. So uh, we're going to have him on. It's a pre-recorded segment, and I'm uh, looking forward to uh, this And it sounds portion. like he's getting electrocuted. Yeah, Dave's already making fun of the bumper music that I put behind it. But, okay, favorite buy low. Uh, start Poor with you, Jacob. Heath. I'm going to miss him, man. I can't believe you electrocuted him. <laughs> Okay. The coolest hey, since it's since it's Halloween, I'm gonna get in the spirit. Yeah. Oh, I forgot my candy cord. I was gonna eat candy cord on the air for Heath. Okay. There's the thing. So so uh, there, there there's two for you, Heath. No, I don't even like it that much. I was just gonna troll Heath. No, but you want, don't want to eat that unhe- unhealthy bacon. Got to put some candy <laughs> corn in your body. Um. Have you ever seen the movie Shocker? No. No. It's a horror film, and it's about a guy that got electrocuted, kind of. Um, but it's it's a really good bad ha- Halloween movie if you wanted to watch one. Love good bad movies. Favorite yeah. by low? 1989 horror slasher type movie. Uh, if I remember correctly, like his soul passes on to other people he touches after he's been electrocuted, mm. and they all walk with the same limp uh, that, that sounds, he used no, to walk with. No, this sounds this sounds bad bad not bad this not is good, good bad. bad good good bad um. Um, also known as Wes Craven's Shocker. Ah, okay. Okay. Okay, now who's your favorite by low? I'm going to say Ezekiel Elliott. I don't hate it. Yeah. I Because there are people freaking out about Ezekiel Elliott. There are people freaking out. There are people who think that he might not even be a top 12 running back rest of season. This was his first game um, without 20 touches. I don't believe the Cowboys offense is just going to turn into one of the worst offenses in football. He's going to be a 20 touchback. A 20 touchback is a top 12 back. He's heavily involved in the passing game. Um, And he's eventually at some point going to stop putting butter on his fingers before the game. He's going to realize that's not working this year. Shouldn't have done that. And he's just going to play with regular dry hands and stop dropping the football. My cardiologist told me to do the exact same thing. <laughs> what what I like about the Cowboys situation, if if there is something like their offensive line's getting a little bit healthier, they're getting a couple of guys back for their offensive line, Zach Martin being chief among them. That will help, especially if 
the interior of that line is stabilized. It'll help the run game. It'll help the the uh, the screen game for for Ezekiel Elliott. And they should try and get him going a little bit more than they did last week. I, I just feel like last week was an abomination for them from yeah. beginning to end against Washington. It's two straight games though where they've lost by more than twenty points, and he's had only twelve games, oh, twelve carries in each game. But the first time he had eight catches. And if you told me Andy Dalton were out for the year, okay, then it might be a different story with Ben DiNucci, but. Not that Dalton's so great, but he's competent, and he might he might play this week. I mean, we're not expecting it, but it's not like a year long absence for Dalton. Thank goodness. Sure. Uh, the only thing I want to ask you about with Zeke is the schedule, and if it worries you, Philadelphia. No. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, you they, don't have to read it. And then Pittsburgh, and then a bye. They have Baltimore later. They have San Francisco. Okay, not worried. All right. Uh, no. I, so here's the thing: buy low on him. Only if the person who has Zeke is trying to unload him or is even just a little hesitant to count on him as a top 12 running back rest of season. Don't give up first round value for Zeke. Two weeks ago, his his trade value was like one of the three or four highest values in all of fantasy land. Can't do that anymore. Right. Okay, cool. Give Give up a running back and a wide receiver who's, you know, they're both kind of in that number two range move up for Ezekiel Elliott. So that's a good buy low. I also think that Nick Chubb is a good buy low. That's your guy, Nick Chubb. Sure. And it's going to be a couple more weeks before he's back, but the Browns offense does figure to be uh, heading back to its run heavy ways without Odell Beckham there. I don't think they're going to say, all right, we're just going to ride Baker's arm. And Chubb was amazing before he got hurt. And you can still get him at a, at a kind of depressed value, not all the way depressed. So we're thinking for him week 10, right? They have a week 10. nine by, and then he comes back in week 10. Okay. Do you think Do you think uh, they go back to the original role of Chubb being the, the lead back, Hunt still being very involved? That might happen starting in week 11. You right. might want to give it a week. And it'll also depend on who they play from week to week. It was what? Like total touches was probably 60-40 in favor of Chubb? Sure. Yeah, I, I honestly... Um, that's, that would be my expectation. Like, sure. Chubb maybe is 70-30 on carries, and and Hunt gets most of the catches. So, sure, how about... Pittsburgh in Week 10. That's not going to be amazing for the run game. But how about that, um, Chubb or Elliott rest of season? I have Elliott a little bit higher in the trade chart, so I'll say Elliott. Yeah, Elliott. There's that Because the other thing is, and, and it hasn't happened with Christian McCaffrey, thankfully, but... These extended mid-season absences, as we've seen with Michael Thomas, often something else gets hurt when you're trying to come back from it. Like they, their bodies, everybody else is in mid-season form. And if you've not been able to run for a month, then there's a little bit added risk when you do start going full speed. Okay, guys, uh, get your, your favorite sell high. Uh, just want to remind everyone we have a Twitch stream tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m., if you uh, want to ask your starter sit questions, join us on twitch.com slash FF today, 4 to 6 p.m. on every Thursday, basically. Uh, yeah, no, not basically. Every Thursday. And we have CBS Sports HQ. Watch Fantasy Football Today on CBS Sports HQ. That's not this podcast. That's just uh, the video version of Fantasy Football Today, which is awesome, hosted by Jamie. And that is Monday, Wednesday, Monday through Friday at noon Eastern and then 10 a.m. Eastern until kickoff on Sunday. And just just watch HQ in general, okay? It's great sports coverage, very comprehensive stuff. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're talking about Kevin Cash. What are you doing, Kevin Cash? Bad move. What do you mean? Who's Kevin Cash? Manager of the race. What did he do? Uh, Blake Snell was absolutely dominant, and he pulled him. And everybody, he's a, and he's they, a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. How would he like with Blake Snell's extensive track record of pitching deep into games and being very good in the late innings of his starts? I don't know why Kevin Cash would. Well, you don't know that it. he's not very good in the late innings of his starts because he never goes deep into games. But he was only That's at like seventy point. something pitches. No, because I I could somewhat support that, but he shouldn't have gone to a reliever who had given up a run in six straight appearances. I think that was the issue. Like Nick Anderson was pitching horribly in the postseason. Why would he do that? That that was that was the mistake. And Chubb was just, or not Chubb, uh, not Chubb. Uh, Snell was pitching so well, and the pitch count was so low. So I don't know. It just seemed, it, I, they always do that. The Rays always do that. But Nick Anderson was the wrong choice. Favorite sell high, Dave. Actually, Heath, why don't you why don't you kick it off? Favorite sell high. It's Todd Gurley. Um, 
I know that he scored a bunch of touchdowns last year when he was bad too, but we're talking about an early downs back who almost does nothing in the passing game. And even when they throw it to him, he still almost does nothing and is not efficient on the ground. His last game against the Panthers is the only reason he's anywhere close to four yards per carry. And he's just totally reliant on touchdowns on a team that will score a lot of touchdowns, but is also one in whatever else they've played and not likely to get a bunch better, I don't think. So I would be trying to sell Todd Gurley. It's okay if you want to go ahead and enjoy one more week. It's risky, but one more week against the Panthers, he'll probably be great and then get him off your roster. Yeah, he's top 15 in the rankings for everybody. And uh, Carolina is among the worst uh, against running backs. They have allowed 14 or more non-PPR and 22 or more PPR points in five of seven games. And yeah, like you mentioned, Gurley himself had a great game against Carolina. 14 carries, 121 yards and a touchdown, plus four catches. His best game of the year in terms of running. Um, And and his schedule really stinks after, after this week, basically. There's a buy in there. There's two games against New Orleans. There's a game against Tampa Bay. There's a game against Kansas City, who's looking a little better against the run, but not just that. They, you know, it's you could be chasing points and not running the ball. So that it's not good. Uh Dave, you there? Dave is not back. Dave is dealing with a technical issue right now. So we will just continue. And no, you know, I'm here. Oh, you're here. Okay. I, I don't sorry. know if, if you're still going to be able to hear me. The technical issue has nothing to do with me and everything to do with the guy with the blower outside my window. <laughs> so you're going to get to home. hear my uh, a yard worker. That's all right, Dave. So we can't really. <laughs> here we go. Oh, there he is. There he goes. You know what, Dave? I'm going to tell our, our great audience about ButcherBox, and then we'll come to you for your favorite sell high guys. Uh, this Thanksgiving, today's sponsor, ButcherBox, is giving you something extra to be grateful for. I know you love talking food. The only thing, then we're going to do that now. The only thing better than talking food is eating food, and you can eat a lot of it with ButcherBox, and you can get a free turkey. All right, you're like, how am I going to get my turkey this year? ButcherBox is the answer. Get a free turkey for new members here in your first box. So that is butcherbox.com slash FFT. That's where you want to go. Butcherbox.com slash FFT. This is a lot. This is about a lot more than just eating food. Okay. This is high quality meat with no antibiotics, no added hormones. You're getting nine to 11 pounds of meat in your box. That's enough for 24 individual meals. It includes 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and now, free turkey! So yeah, look, Thanksgiving's coming. We're all excited about it. Hope you celebrate it safely. I love Thanksgiving. Who doesn't? You know, okay, I'm stuffing my face with turkey every year. That's, you know, doesn't get much better than that. And so right now, if you, if you want a, you know, big box with all different types of meat and a free turkey... You can customize on butcherbox.com or you can go with one of their suggested offerings. Gets delivered right to your door. It's delicious. I'm telling you, this is the best. This is the best meat. It is absolutely outstanding. Um, and if you want that free turkey, you go to butcherbox.com slash FFT. Butcherbox.com slash FFT. Free turkey. Doesn't get any better than that. All right, Dave, we will uh we will bear the brunt of the loud noise outside. If you want to tell us your favorite sell high guys. My first sell high guy is DJ Moore, who has had kind of flukish touchdowns, I guess you could say. Like breakdowns happen in both of the touchdowns he's had over the last three weeks. That that's a small reason to sell high on him. The bigger reason to sell high on him is that he's had no more than five catches in any of his past five games. And here comes Christian McCaffrey. So I'm I'm not certain that he's going to evolve into a um a touchdown a week type of receiver. And I'm also not certain he's ever going to be the high catch guy that we drafted him to be yet. He is coming off of a really nice stretch where he's been doing great. So if you can sell high on DJ Moore, maybe you should. That's the other guy I would mention is Rob Gronkowski. Who's been playing well lately has been getting the targets lately. And we know that Antonio Brown's eventually going to join this team. Chris Godwin's going to get healthy in a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of week. And, uh, and Gronkowski's role could get, shelved a little bit right and what more is really interesting because he maybe he's been a little lucky his last three games he's averaging 21.5 yards per catch and he's so one of the catches well, was, was it's a short one against atlanta that no one was in front of him he 
right. pat, he sped past somebody and he ran to the end zone. He doesn't do that very often. And then the touchdown against New Orleans was a was a deep play. He got open. The safety bit on something that made him open, and Bridgewater hit him for the touchdown. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I would argue some? that that's how touchdowns happen in the NFL. But sometimes receivers are just really, really good, and they they can just they they can use their speed to beat anybody, regardless of a coverage breakdown or not. Yeah, I'm saying yeah, that in, and in each of the instances I'm talking about, there was a defensive breakdown that helped DJ Moore score. I do think that like we did the whole DJ Moore doesn't score touchdowns thing a couple weeks ago, and now the touchdowns that he scored weren't the type of touchdowns that we think really. Like, I, I don't know. Sustainable. The word is sustainable. And it's not even the big, that's not even the biggest reason why I would say to trade DJ Moore. Like, I think random touchdowns comes with the territory with any receiver. It's the reception volume. What do you get? Yeah. What do you want for him? Zeke? You'd take Zeke, right? Oh my God. Yes. Well, he's a, like, he's the number 14 wide receiver so far this season. And that's having played seven games. So on a per game basis, he's probably just inside the top twenty. Okay, I'm going to Michael Thomas manager and seeing if he's tired of waiting for Michael but, Thomas. But you don't expect him to be worse than just inside the top twenty rest of season, do you? No, no, no. I'm I'm saying so. You think he's going I, to be about what he's been, if not a little bit worse. But he's but the arrow is pointing up lately. He's got three straight games with 93 yards exactly. He's scoring some touchdowns, so maybe you can turn him into a top 10 guy if you don't think he's going to be a top 10 guy. Might I pair him with a lesser player on my bench to try and get DK Metcalf? Go Might I try to um, get Chris Godwin for him? Okay, well, those are some some names for you. Our buy lows are Ezekiel Elliott and Nick Chubb, Sell Highs, Todd Gurley, DJ Moore. I'm not sure if Heath is on board there, and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, the one last thing I'll say about DJ Moore is that, and the, the receptions part is right. I don't think he's going to be a 90 catch guy like he would have been last year if he'd stayed healthy. Um, I don't think all of the big plays are luck. His average depth of target is 12, um, which is the highest of his career. Like he is their deep threat, even though Robbie Anderson's on the team and that doesn't make any sense. He's the guy they're throwing downfield to. Robbie Anderson's the guy they're throwing to at the line of scrimmage. Do you think it's maybe because defenses are aware of Robbie as a downfield threat, so they're more prepared for that than they are for more? And that could change? I, I don't know, but if it changes, then DJ Moore's receptions are going to go up. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, they have, they have a decent passing game here, and they've got, they've got Atlanta this week, so uh, I, I know we love... I, we love... But this is going to be... We're previewing this game today, and it's going to be... Uh, a lot of starts in this game, Carolina and Atlanta. Falcons are going to win, by the way. News and notes. Chris Godwin out this week with a broken finger. Scott, like, what do you make of the fact that in three games without Chris Godwin, Scott Miller has had two catches for 11 yards on three targets, mm-hmm. three catches for 83 yards on five targets, and no catches on no targets at Chicago. And yeah, Miller's battled some injuries this year, but his three most targeted games were with Chris Godwin. He does not play the Chris Godwin role. Yeah, he I know not, that, but I'm just... He plays the Antonio the, Brown role. You think the targets would go up without Godwin. That's all I'm saying. Like, I know he doesn't right. just fill his role. Um, he has been, which again, this this seems a little bit weird, but it's been true. He has been their downfield guy. I think his average depth of target is like 16 yards per target or something. Should we be picking up Chris Godwin or Scott Miller right now? 27% rostered. When I floated the idea of him as a one-week flex option, there was so much hate coming back to me on Twitter. Never again am I trusting Scott Miller. I went down that road before because I'm pretty sure for the game against the Bears, yep. they a lot of people started Scott Miller because he was coming off that 583-1 game against the Chargers. And uh, people just did not want anything to do with poor Scott Miller. I think he's got a chance. He, he's uh, a solid number three, and, and Tyler yeah. Johnson's a fine flex. I think Tyler Johnson plays more of that Godwin role. Okay. He does, and he's gotten you at least six non-PPR points each of the past three weeks. I am a little concerned about just how many targets he will get. Uh, so this week, would you rather start Rashard Higgins or Scott Miller? Higgins. But I like Higgins more than everybody else. I believe I have Miller ranked higher. Would you rather start Nelson Aguilar or Scott Miller? Miller. 
I think I have Miller like two spots ahead of Aguilar. I like Aguilar less than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christian McCaffrey might play. Might play this Thursday against Atlanta. Carolina's without starting cornerback Rasul Douglas. He's on the reserve COVID list, so I guess he could, in theory, come off. But he missed last week's game, and their secondary did not play very well. They're a little little thin in the secondary right now, and it's been a major story this year. The, I would say arguably the most overachieving unit in the NFL. Carolina's, let's just say their pass defense. But they struggled last week. Not, no Emmanuel Sanders, no Michael Thomas. I'll give you the numbers on what the Saints wide receivers did. But keep an eye on Rasul Douglas, starting cornerback for the Panthers, on reserve COVID, missed last week, probably going to miss this week's game. Detroit acquired Everson Griffin from the Cowboys for a draft pick. Landon Collins, Reds, uh, football team safety, is out for the season with a torn Achilles. Baltimore signed Des Bryant to the practice squad. No, you should not add Des Bryant. And the Rams lost safety Terrell Burgess for the season. Okay, it is Halloween. I like to, uh, you know, Halloween week. I like to troll Heath a little bit here. And Chris Towers is a master at coming up with Halloween team names. So I asked him for his favorite. And I said that Brian Bulaga was my favorite. <laughs> so in that spirit, here are Chris Towers' Halloween team names. Beetle Yuschik, Ed Werder Scissorhands. Saquon flew over the cuckoo's nest. The Flexorcist. Clyde Edwards Elair Witch Project. Gulio Jones. DeHonte Parker. Harrison Boodker. Double Double Jack Doyle in Trouble. That one I don't know. So I Married an Axe Murderer. Silence of the CD Lambs. The Baba Duke Johnson. A Quiet Jace. <laughs> Hereditary McLaurin and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Cousins. And those are your Halloween team names from Chris Towers. Why did Massacre? Okay. <laughs> That's, I like that. Massacre. All you need is to find a syllable in common with anything and you've got a, a team name. Edward or Scissorhands is definitely my favorite. Uh, I think it's just, just beautiful. I just like the... Uh, the image of Edwarder with scissors for hands. <laughs> so happy Halloween, Heath. All right, rest of season rankings. I'm going to give you three players, uh, quarterbacks, a couple sets of running backs, and wide receivers, and you tell me how you rank them rest of season. Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Matt Ryan. Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Matt Ryan. Some quick raw stats for you. Taking out Dak Prescott from per-game scoring. Herbert's number three. Brady is ninth in four point, eighth in six point per game. Matt Ryan is basically 15th. But Matt Ryan leads the NFL in passing yards, third in yards per game. Uh, so rest of season, how do you rank Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Matt Ryan? Dave. I've got Herbert at the top of the list. As crazy as it sounds, he's earned it. He's played so well, and I think the Chargers are going to continue to ride him until he turns into a pumpkin. Not but he nice. might not. He might not turn into one. So he's first. I'll take Brady second because he's getting Antonio Brown. Ryan's still good. I still think he'll be a top 12 quarterback rest of the way, but he's third here. What's uh? Did, I did just, he freeze? I, no, he didn't. I'm looking at him. I'm just waiting for Heath to say something, and he's just not saying anything. Are you okay, Heath? I, yeah, I didn't know he asked bacon? me to speak. Yeah, the, you know, Dave gave his ranking. I just thought you'd, bam, follow through. Um, I agree with Dave's ranking. Herbert, Brady, Ryan. I don't think there's anything to debate there. I I would maybe debate that Matt Ryan's going to be a top 12 quarterback rest of season, but only because quarterback's so awesome. Um, I don't know I how he... Herbert and, Herbert and Brady wouldn't be in my top six or seven, and Ryan's behind them, so that... It's it gets tight the bottom half of the top twelve. He is throwing forty one passes per game, so I don't know how Matt Ryan's not going to be top twelve as long as Julio stays healthy. Because when you look at the four games with Julio, twenty eight, thirty five, and thirty eight fantasy points, but those were cake matchups: Seattle, Dallas, and Minnesota. And then last week he only scored nineteen against Detroit, but look at 31 of 42, 338 yards, only one touchdown. Well, he obviously played it, really well. For, forget about what you know about the quarterback in the past, I think is the thing. Like, I agree with you. You're throwing 41 times a game. That means you're going to score a bunch of fantasy points. But 
like you're not putting him ahead of Kyler, Wilson, Allen, Mahomes, Watson, Rogers, Herbert, Brady, Lamar. Well, there's nine. Mm -hmm. And then we've got to have this debate between Joe Burrow and Matt Ryan. Oh, Ryan. Yeah, I think I would take Burrow over Ryan. Why? Burrow's throwing 40 times per game and he runs occasionally. Okay, I'd rather have Matt, I'd rather have Matt Ryan's too. 40 40 pass attempts than Joe Burrow's personally. I, I, yeah, okay, I rather, he's right there. I, I I just don't know that I'm I can name I I'm, I could see Drew Brees being better once Michael Ryan Thomas Tannehill? gets back. I don't know, maybe. I mean, Tannehill's been better for him for a full year. Yeah, I just if Tannehill's schedule didn't stink then for sure. Yeah, yeah, I probably take Tannehill. I, I mean, see why not. He he Gardner earned, he's been no, no. better than him no. so far. If he doesn't lose his job, yeah, well, that's be the better. thing. Matt Ryan's definitely not losing his job. No, I don't think he will be better than Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's. I think Matt Ryan. Uh, you have Carson to look. Wentz has been better. You so have far. to look at the with Julio and without Julio splits. It's a huge, huge difference. You can't just evaluate him on all seven games. That, in my opinion. Okay. Okay, can well, I do some? Can I do some Carson Wentz splits and 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 change his numbers a little bit? Absolutely, if you think it's relevant. I mean, look, so you, some, you and I have been arguing some with chart and without chart splits. For you can Gardner you can do whatever you want. You 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 know what? The the genesis of the whole Azer stats thing was Miles Sanders, and what happened? Miles Sanders was exactly what I thought he was going to be based on the six games that I kept on okay, referencing. He's played like one game this year. I don't think you can. But he's the workhorse guy. He gets a ton of work, and he's good. And it's like that's what I was basing it on what he was what he was on pace for in those six games. And you, well, what about the games with Jordan Howard? Who cares about the games with Jordan Howard? Why would I evaluate Matt Ryan without Julio Jones? Like I, he's much better with Julio Jones. Doesn't that make and sense? And if something were to happen with Julio, then I think everybody knows not to expect a top twelve type season from Matt Ryan from Absolutely. that point forward. Absolutely. And same thing with if he loses Ridley. I think if he loses yeah. Ridley for an extended period of time, and we've seen that before, that Ryan's numbers could. Uh, slide down a little bit so it, it's all the more reason why he's third on this list okay next up uh these running backs james robinson jonathan taylor ezekiel elliott rest of season james robinson jonathan taylor ezekiel elliott i have zeke highest in the trade chart but it's not by much it used to be by a lot uh now it's only by like two points over robinson and then taylor is one point behind him so i i, I feel like we continue to give Taylor credit week after week after week, even though he's never really, he, he, he hasn't been given that huge role that we've been hoping for. Maybe it starts to happen after the bye week the Colts have been hinting at it, that they want to get their run game going. They're happy with their zone run scheme. They've got to give him more work. What they was your ranking again? It's Zeke first. It's very close together. So if, if you feel differently about it, I totally get it. Zeke first, Robinson second, Taylor third. Okay, Heath? Yeah, I'd probably put Taylor ahead of Robinson if only because um, Taylor's already gone through his bye week and Robinson has his left. If you're going on a per-game basis, I would probably agree Zeke, Robinson, Taylor. I wouldn't have any of them in my top four or five backs, and they would all be inside of my top 12 backs. All right, next up, Ronald Jones, Daryl Henderson, DeAndre Swift. Ronald Jones, Daryl Henderson, DeAndre Swift. Heath, you can start. This one is certainly a lot more complicated. Um, I think I would go with DeAndre Swift first. I think I would take Daryl Henderson second, and I think I would take Ronald Jones first third and Jones has clearly been the best. Um, but if we're talking about what direction guys are trending, um, things certainly look better for Henderson than any of them. And then Swift and then Jones, but I think Swift is the most talented back and Detroit's actually been okay at running the football this year. And Swift is the one who, before he even started getting more than two or three carries a game, carved out the role in the passing game, which it sounds like, Leonard Fournette's now the James White for Tom Brady. And um, Daryl Henderson's losing most of the passing downs work to Malcolm Brown. So again, these guys are all relatively close. But Swift is the one who, if something happened and they just decided we're not going to give Adrian Peterson 12 touches a game anymore, he could be a super-duper star. 
Right. And so I'll say Swift. Okay. So you're so you say Swift, Henderson, Jones, Dave. What do you think? I think the Rams already said that Henderson is our best back. That's what the last three weeks have told me. He's been leading the team in touches among the running backs and playing time among the running backs. I think he's the best one, clearly in non PPR. Uh, they're tied in the trade chart in PPR. Henderson and Swift are, because I do think Swift could get into some games where four or five catches would not surprise anybody. And I like that his touch rate has gone up over the last couple of weeks, really since the buy. So there's a lot to be optimistic about with Swift. I don't know if I agree that the Lions have, have become a better running team, but they do fancy themselves a playoff contender all of a sudden because they traded for uh, Everson Griffin. Not that they gave up a lot for him, but that will help their pass rush. Maybe he helps make their defense a little bit better. Maybe that helps more carries go Swift's way. Rojo's clearly third. You can kind of see it coming that Leonard Fournette's eventually going to take over. He dropped one pass last week, Ronald Jones did. And here came Leonard Fournette with a big workload. Hmm. We thought he had a little bit more. Can't catch. He cannot catch. Yeah, but we we thought he'd have a little bit more of some, a little bit more leeway, yeah. right? But that tr- apparently the trust issue went up and smoked pretty quickly. He did come back in to start running as the rushing downs guy in the second half last week, and he didn't look great. Okay, guys, one more. Let, give me just two minutes on this. Rank these three wide receivers. Robert Woods, T. Higgins, Juju Smith-Schuster. Dave. Hmm. Robert Woods, Woods, Higgins, or Heath. Okay, go ahead. I, uh, Woods, Woods, Higgins, Juju, I suppose. Woods, Higgins, Juju. Dave, what do you say? I, I have Juju one spot ahead of Higgins in the trade chart right now. That's the order. But Woods is ahead of them. Okay. Woods Woods is on pace for 105 targets. Still, I mean, it's that's been kind of consistent. And mm-hmm. only 69 catches. He is on pace for 226 rushing yards. I I don't think he's going to get that. That is a hell of a lot of rushing yards for a, running, for a wide receiver. But it could be like 180, something like that. So that does help. But uh, that would only get him to... That wouldn't even get him to 1,000 yards total. He's on pace for 802 yards receiving. It's, uh, it's concerning. And... He's had less than 40 yards in four or seven games. So you guys are taking Robert Woods ahead of T. Higgins and ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. One thing I can tell you that is number one is Express. Yeah. Uh, Express.com. Or just go to Express and check it out. Express.com. All the different selections, all the different varieties that you see on there. And, of course, if you want that $25 discount on your $50 purchase, you send a text message to 397-737. You text FOOTBALL. Text football to 397-737 and get $25 off your $50 purchase. So I hope you all have taken advantage of it. My express delivery is on the way. I am hoping it arrives today so I can show it off, model it on the show. But this is just a new express. They emphasize comfort. They emphasize variety. And they emphasize great prices too. That's what I was really amazed by. The shirt, the, the two shirts and the sweater that I got all of them really nice, right around $100. Uh, that's just a terrific bargain. As I've been mentioning, wife's really excited about it. Dave's really excited about it. Heath, you said, you know, it's one of the best purchases you made in a long time, your express clothes. Yep. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, looking forward to getting those. And the comfort, I think, is really what's going to stand out, right, Heath? I mean, that's what you were saying about the pants. The pants, the shirts, everything. Um, it looks great. More importantly, it feels great. I could wear it into the office, and when I come home, I don't have to change into more comfortable clothes. I'm already wearing more comfortable clothes. There you go. And another thing I wanted to point out is, look, the weather's getting colder. So if you need some fall wear, if you need some coats, some jackets, things like that, or if you need a suit, you can go to Express for that. They just have everything. And they have this awesome discount, $25 off your $50 purchase if you text FOOTBALL to 397737. Text FOOTBALL to 397-737 and get $25 off your $50 purchase at Express. So I mentioned Sportsline's Jacob Gibbs. He's got some awesome stats for week four. And let's hear from him right now. Oh, and Dave made fun of the bumper music. So no, Jacob is not getting electrocuted. He is fine. What's up, FFT? This is Sportsline fantasy analyst Jacob Gibbs. If you follow me on Twitter or read my way too long articles... You know that I freaking love, love, love stats. So I'm super excited to be able to share some of my favorite fantasy stats with you guys going forward. Let's uh, let's jump right into this week's stats. 
Stat number one, only four receivers have a three-game stretch in which they saw double-digit targets in each game. Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, and that's right, Travis Fulgham, who holds the only current active streak. Over the past three weeks, Fulgham ranks second in the NFL in targets and air yards. A big part of him being able to achieve such lofty volume numbers is the pass-heavy nature of the offense that he plays in. The Eagles have the NFL's fourth highest pass rate this season at 65%. They've continued to pass at a high rate even when leading, which is important as seven-point favorites in Week 8. Philly's 65% pass rate when leading is the only mark in the NFL above 60%. Stat number two. The Carolina Panthers are one of just four teams that use zone coverage schemes on defense over 75% of the time. Matt Ryan ranks fourth in the NFL in passer rating when facing zone defenses. He's completed just 53% of his passes for 7.3 yards per attempt against man coverage, as opposed to a 71% completion rate and 8.1 yards per attempt against zone. Two players have been noticeably affected by facing zone or man-heavy defenses, Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst. Ridley's yards per reception is up from 14 against man to 17 against zone, and Matty Ice looks his way a lot more often when facing zone schemes. Ridley has been targeted on 23.2% of his routes run against zone coverage, which is up from 16.7% against man. Hurst, on the other hand, has averaged 16.5 yards per catch against man coverage, which drops all the way down to 10.8 against zone coverage. He caught just two of six targets for eight yards against Carolina's zone-heavy scheme in Week 5. Stat number three. The Cincinnati Bengals use press coverage at the second-highest rate in the NFL. They face the Tennessee Titans in Week 8. No player in the NFL averaged more yards per catch against press coverage than A.J. Brown in 2019. His yards per catch rose from 16.3 in the routes that weren't against press coverage to an insane 25.5 yards per catch when facing press coverage. You cannot press cover this man. Brown was targeted on 19% of his routes when not facing press coverage, which rose to 24% against press coverage. And stat number four, the Miami Dolphins have allowed the second most yards per attempt and the fourth highest opponent passer rating on play action passes this season. Jared Goff is the only quarterback in the NFL with over 100 play action dropbacks on the year. He's averaged 8.9 yards per attempt on play action passes, as opposed to just 7.4 on non-play action passes. Robert Woods is fifth in the NFL in play action receiving yards on the year. Dating back to the start of 2019, Woods has been targeted 23% of the time when running a route on a play action dropback. Meanwhile, only 16% of Cooper Cup's play-action routes have drawn a target. Woods has played one fewer game than Cup during that time, but he has 617 play-action receiving yards to Cup's 339. It's been a slow start for Woods, but Week 8 could definitely be Bobby Tree season. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share my stats with you today. If you like them, give me a follow on Twitter, at jgibbs underscore 23. I'll be tweeting out nerdy stats all day long, all week long. All right. Thank you to Jacob Gibbs. Good stuff. Really, really interesting stuff if you missed it. Travis Fulgham is one of four wide receivers with double-digit targets in three straight games. And the Eagles' pass rate is, when leading, they have by far the highest pass rate in the NFL in terms of, you know, look at all teams playing with a lead. The Eagles still throw the ball. Um, The Matt Ryan stat was going to lead us into our game preview. A.J. Brown destroys press coverage, so he could be, obviously you're going to start him, but maybe keep an eye on on him for DFS. could be huge against the Bengals. They play the most press coverage, the third most press coverage, I think it was. Um, And the Dolphins struggle badly against play-action passes, and that is Jared Goff's forte, and Robert Woods really benefits from that. That was cool stuff, huh? Cool stuff. Very good. The music, by the way. Like it's it started like he was being electrocuted and then it turned into like a like a cover like a new wave cover of the Bulls starting lineup music from the nineties. <laughs> the final countdown. That's not the song. Oh wait, it's "High in the Sky" by Sirius. Well, I thought they did. I thought they were the called final Sirius "High in the Sky" by the Alan Parsons Project. My mistake. Who does? Oh, what is what is the? I have to think about. Anyway, we could yeah. just get back to saying. Good job, Jacob. Gibbs. Yeah, no, but but uh, I okay. The it full, was good. Okay, so let well okay fine. Then let's talk about the Matt Ryan one, um, and let's go right into our game, Atlanta at Carolina. Uh, so Matt Ryan actually did not have a very good game against Carolina. He scored seven fantasy points, twenty-one of thirty-seven, two twenty-six, zero and one, one interception, no touchdown. So. A bad game for him. Carolina allows the fifth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks and the few the lowest yards per attempt in the NFL. So Ryan, though, you know, supposed to be good against zone coverage, as Jacob outlined, did mm-hmm. not have I don't remember if Julio just didn't play or if he was hurt in that first game, but that was one of the three games he did not really have Julio Jones' service for. 
and he was terrible. So what do you he think? He was inactive. Okay, so what do you think about him in this game? Uh, there have been two quarterbacks who have had good games against the Panthers, Breeze and Murray. Both of them had either 70 rushing yards or a rushing touchdown. What do you think about Matt Ryan, start or sit? He's a start. He's not going to be a top eight type of a quarterback this week. He's toward the back end. In fact, I have him one spot ahead of Teddy Bridgewater to round out my top 12. But if he's got his full complement of weapons available, I, I think Matt Ryan cannot be avoided. I'll, I'll start Justin Herbert ahead of him, just as an example. And uh, I've got Joe Burrow ahead of him this week. Yeah, Wentz I would too. start Burrow and Herbert and Would you have Wentz ahead of him? And Wentz. Okay. So he's, the only one we differ on is going to be Bridgewater. He's not... Well, I think there's probably some others. He's not in my top 12. Um, but he's like... I think he's 13. There are 15 to 18 starting quarterbacks every week. I'm not going to tell people you have to bench Matt Ryan. Um, but, you know, short week, Thursday night football, weird things. And I don't, like, I don't, I mostly agree with you, Adam. I don't really believe that the Panthers' pass defense is this good. Um, but the Panthers' pass defense has been this good. And it, we're halfway through the season but almost. Not, but not last week. And that's what I wanted to bring up with Rasul well, Douglas missing a starting cornerback last week. It was it that big of a deal? I don't know. But last week, this is what the, the Saints wide receivers did. Uh, just give me one second. The Saints wide receivers last week, they caught 17 of 20 targets. They averaged 10.6 yards per catch, and they caught a touchdown. And that was no Michael Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, And Jared Cook had a touchdown, too. Yeah, that was probably the worst game that the Panthers have played in their secondary, at least statistically. I don't oh, for sure, I, I think. Yeah, I think teams can run on Carolina, and I think they try to run on that's Carolina, true, that's and true. that's where the, the past stats benefit for Carolina. So you guys have, they, they right, have a lot of ton of rushing touchdowns this year. That's a good point. So you guys have Ryan and Bridgewater almost back to back. Heath has Bridgewater a little higher. Dave has Ryan a little higher. Um, both of them are kind of around the top 12, r- around 10 to 13 or so. What about the running backs? Okay. What? <laughs> okay. Todd Gurley is a must start. He's top 15, but girl, let's say Chris McCaffrey's out Gurley or Mike Davis. 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 Okay. Falcons' run defense hasn't been that bad, but they are victimized every week in the passing game. By every season. Backs. Like, this is a, a like a half a decade this has happened now. I, I don't think they were that bad last year, if I recall. Kind of middle of the pack, but usually it's, yeah, it's absolutely horrible. Uh, all right, so Mike Davis is a must-start. What if McCaffrey plays, guys? Like, how are you approaching this? Do we need to start see a report? Do you start Christian What McCaffrey? if they say he's on a snap count? Do you start, start Christian McCaffrey. You start him over Todd Gurley. Start Christian McCaffrey. I'm, I don't want him to play because I don't want him to have like eight carries or, you know, 10 touches or something. Yeah, I, don't, I think I think eight carries would be fine. Um, throw it to him eight times as well, and we're good. Okay. And then if, if McCaffrey plays, you have to sit Mike Davis. You, it depends. Like if they say Christian McCaffrey is going to play, but he's on a snap count, then I think Mike Davis could be a flex. If he's practicing without a red jersey and they clear him for the game, I, they can say snap count all they want. I'm going to be very bullish on Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Would you... St- How could you not be? Start like, it's honestly well, like you almost... could not be because he's not played football in, in six weeks and they could wisely not want to run him out there for 60 plays. Then why play him at all? Because he's, you've got to get the best it, offensive weapon. At some point, there has to be a first game back. I understand what you're saying. When you talk about Julio Jones... When you talk about Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore... Start him. Yes, yes, the all right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay. This uh, is like this is a very very easy game. We don't have to spend very much time. It really is almost, starting. And I like everyone. Hurst too. By the way, like I I heard Jacob's stats about how Hurst is better against man than zone. I wonder if that's weighed down by the touchdown he had against Minnesota. It was a fourth and one play. Vikings were in man, and they blew coverage on on uh, on Hurst, and he had a catch and run for a touchdown, thirty five yards. So I wonder if that blew up his receiving average versus man coverage. I, I like Hurst okay. Um, I would rather start um, Richard Rogers or Jimmy Graham. I would not. I'll take Hurst. And Panthers have allowed a touchdown to a tight end in three of their past four. The one that didn't was Carolina, or I'm sorry, Atlanta. And Hurst had a throw go over his head in the end zone that game. He also had eight yards on six targets. So is he touchdown or bust? He's he, he he's probably starting to lean that way. 
more than anything else. But he, I mean, I can, you know what? I can't say that he's had 50 yards and or a touchdown in all but one game. The one game was against Carolina, and it I don't think it had a ton to do with how Carolina was playing him. His role for Atlanta is a short area target and a red zone guy. They don't okay. use him. They don't run him down the seams very often. Okay. So he needs volume, and I think he'll get it. I think that's this game. It, do you have Ian Thomas ranked against the Falcons who allow no. the second? Okay. No. Okay. Sit the DSTs. Okay, good stuff. Let's play some Fantasy Jeopardy. All right, I got to get my ready. That's for you. We Heath. don't have any theme music for this? No, uh, no sure. No Jeopardy music? How about Fantasy Jeopardy? Uh. <laughs> Welcome to the Fantasy Jeopardy Jazz Club. Okay. Let me see. I can't even find it in my notes. Sorry. Just going to let this groovy music play. Fantasy Jeopardy. Here we go. We've got three categories. One, can you guess the categories? They're the same every time, basically. Pass catchers, runners, and azer stats. Now, quarterbacks, running backs, and pass catchers today. Those are our categories. Quarterbacks, running backs, and pass catchers. All- is there, is, I need to, from, like, the rules are important. So yeah. is there double jeopardy this week? There is now. There is. Okay. I'll find it. Sure. Do you lose <laughs> points for guessing wrong? No. You don't. Okay. Uh, except so when, except on, on double, double jeopardy, do you lose points for guessing wrong when you risk something? No, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that's. I'm going to say you never lose points for guessing wrong. Okay. Is Just, there final jeopardy? Only if Ben Schrager has time to come up with a final jeopardy okay. kicker question. Okay. So basically, you have nine questions, and let's go. There will be a tenth because Ben will will have one. Okay. Here we go. Quarterbacks, running backs, and pass catchers. Dave, I'm going to give you the board. Two to six hundred, two, four, and six hundred for each. Quarterback six hundred, please. He trails only Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson in rushing yards for quarterbacks. Say your name to Who buzz is, in, by the way. Oh, okay. Heath. Uh I think Dave was in there first. I didn't, didn't say, say my name, name though. Okay, Dave. Uh, Heath, go ahead. Who is Daniel Jones? That is correct. Six hundred bones. For Heath. All right. Way to go. I'm glad we found a way to talk about Daniel Jones on a fantasy football podcast. Yeah, I know. He needed a little <laughs> There's love. There's no other reason to. Well, a guy who's third in rushing guards, you have to be so bad at everything else to not be fantasy. Where's relevant. Josh Allen on the list? One, two, three, four, five, six. Kyler, Lamar, Daniel Jones, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen. Uh, all right. Heath, board is yours, and you have a 600 point advantage. Quarterbacks for 400, please. Only Russell Wilson has thrown more touchdown passes than this fellow. Fellow. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a guy. All right. Got a time. Who is Tom Brady? Who is Tom oh. Brady? Heath Boards. I don't know why we didn't guess. We get free guesses. Yeah, I know. Quarterback for 200. Over the last three games, he has t- 10 touchdown passes, one interception, and more fantasy points than any other quarterback. Dave. Dave. Who is Justin Herbert? That is, cor- that is correct. Dave is on the board. 600 to 200. Heath in the lead. Running backs and pass catchers still available. Dave, all yours. Pass catchers, 200, please. He is one of the top two wide receivers in points per game. PPR. Heath. Heath. Who is Tyler Lockett? That is correct. Can you name the other for just for fun? Who is Travis Fulgham? Devontae Adams and Tyler Lockett. Wow. Where's Travis Fulgham at? I don't know, dude. Fulgham. Uh, (laughs) Heath, board is yours. Um, Wide receivers for or pass Pass catchers catchers. for 600. For 600. Okay. His 27 catches are fourth among tight ends. And his four touchdown catches are fifth most. Dave. Dave. Who's Jimmy Graham? Holy cow, you guys are crushing it today. And we got a game here. Are we tied? 800-800. Impressive. All right, Dave, the board is yours. Pass catchers, 400, please. By the way, how about the fact that Jimmy Graham has 27 catches? It's preposterous. Everything about the Bears' offense is preposterous. But does that make him like kind of a bust start in PPR? Preposterous player. I have him 10th. In my tight end drinkings, and I think he's a fine start. All right, uh, Dave, what did you say? What did you want? I didn't say anything. Oh, Four, oh, category? Yeah. 400 pass catchers. Only Alvin Kamara and Mike Davis have more receiving yards than this running back. Heath. 
Heath. Who is Ezekiel Elliott? Love it. <laughs> Do you love the, Dave, the five, ad? four, three? Uh, it's going to be somebody crazy. Uh, who is James Robinson? Oh, that's, Dave. That's big, big time there. Dave gets it. Okay. That was it? Yeah. I didn't think that was it. James Robinson. All right. So that oh, is gosh. time to flip through all the stat pages. 1,200. <laughs> 1200 to 800 are you calling me a uh, cheater is there are there rules not really 1200 to 800 <laughs> you know me dave with the lead and the board running backs for two four or six running backs for four please that is your daily answer there your daily double all nope. right so how big is my lead over heath well you can wager all of it because i've said I, but i want to know what the score 400. is. 400 right? you have you have 1200 and he has 800 okay i'll go 600 Okay. Only so if he doesn't like, do I get a chance to get this? You do not. <laughs> this is so really he just gets to name his dollar value and then guess. I, I'm gonna call it. it I'm calling it audible. And I don't. Get I'm calling it audible. There is no double jeopardy. That's just. It's just not fair the way I. You do mean it. no daily double? No. Yeah. No daily double. Okay, no daily so, double. Okay. Okay. Double. Worst game double show jeopardy. Okay, no daily double. Bob Barker would beat the crap out of you. Okay, for four hundred dollars, Dave. Dave at least gets the no he doesn't no, get, he doesn't get I the don't buzzer. Get anything. Okay. Can only you just read the question, please? only Derek Henry has more carries than this veteran back. Uh, Dave. Dave. Todd Gurley. Dude, Dave is crushing it. Fire. <laughs> Dave gets it again. How are you getting that? That is really impressive. Okay, so well, that, I just I know he doesn't catch the ball. That he is uh, right. That is whatever reason. 1600 to 800. I guess he's been okay. All right, Heath, I, listen. We can't, we can't crap on Gurley anymore, can we? No, but listen, Heath, you're down 800. There are exactly 800 points left on the board here, or dollars. Excellent. All right, Dave, what do you got? 600 or 200? Uh, let's do 600. Okay, ready? A number between 10 and 20. This is the amount of yards of Josh Jacobs' longest run of 2020. Heath. Heath. What is. 16. Oh, dude. What you got? All right. Did I send Come you guys on. the answers in the notes? No, I just guessed that. <laughs> no, there's no way. I, I, you really I totally just, guessed, just guessed it. I was ready to pounce with 17. Yeah. I feel like I sent you guys the answers. Nope. I totally just guessed it. All right. Heath, uh, running back for 200 for the tie. He is the answer to the following question. Who, uh, who has scored more? <laughs> Isn't that what Jeopardy is? I couldn't figure out a way to phrase it, you know? Uh, he is the answer to the following question. Bill who, Cullen is rolling over in his grave right who now. Who has scored more fantasy points in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league? PPR. Alvin Kamara or Aaron Rodgers? Heath. Heath. Who is... Alvin Kamara. Hey, we're tied. You guys got everything right, pretty much. Way to go. Uh, Alvin Kamara is the answer. He has actually scored more points than Aaron Rodgers in a PPR league with six points per passing touchdown. That's amazing. All right, Ben gave me Final Jeopardy. Why would you ask that question if it was Aaron Rodgers? They were very close, and you know I do. I'm not dumb enough to just go with the obvious answer. Sometimes I'll I'll mix it up. Okay, um, here we go. Final Jeopardy. It is a... DST question. And we need to send you our um, wager? Yeah. Can you IM me your wager? You both have $1,600. It's a DST question. It's a DST question. Yeah. Okay. We have how much? $1,600. $1,600. Okay. So, okay. Dave, you have both wagered. And yeah. here is the question. Only the or the answer. Only the Colts DST has more points than this ugly DST. Ugly DST. Don't be thrown off by the ugly thing, but only the Colts okay. DST has more points than this DST. Fewest fantasy points for a DST. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Heath, what uh, your wager wait a minute, was? Wait a minute. Oh, you're not yeah, ready. Not the okay. fewest fantasy it's points. The second most. Second most right. fantasy points. It's the most fantasy points. Second most. Wait, what? I I have um, no no no. It isn't the the Colts had the most. No. Who, the question is who has the second most fantasy points among DSTs? 
Yes. Oh my God, really? Isn't they had like what... a forty-point week. Remember when they picked they had two pick sixes in the same game? No, I just, I just don't think the I just don't think this is correct. That's all I'm saying. There's no way. Am I reading this wrong? What's going on? Are, are I think we, we need playing? a. New, I think we need a new I question. There's no well, way. No, no. We'll both guess. Schrager knows the answer. Like in the history, Schrager, there's of no this way game, this is right. There's just no way there, this is right. Definitely, there, there's 17 different varieties of defensive scoring. Okay, no, he's sorted by free agents. Okay, <laughs> so this is wrong. Amongst free agents in Shaggy B's <laughs> league. The, the, the question is, name a random DST. That's why I got right, confused because the answer was the Giants. So I thought that there had to be bad DSTs. Okay, I'm going to do a new question. DST, same, same bid. Here's the answer. Only the Bucks have scored more fantasy points than this awesome DST. Only the Bucks have scored more fantasy points than this awesome DST. It's really, you're answering the same thing. Like, who's this number two DST here? So, uh, please form it in the, per please game, phrase it in the form of a, per game no, total. Total points. This is total on the season. Okay. Form of a question, please. Okay, guys, ready? Final uh, Jeopardy is the only show. Only the Bucks have scored more than this DST. Has come to a screeching halt. This time it was Schrager's fault. I have sent my answer in. Oh, okay. I have to send the answer. No, in? that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to send it in. All right, Dave can just say it. All right, Dave. I mean, I'll guess the Steelers. I don't have a good guess. All right, Dave is Dave has bid one dollar and guessed the Steelers. <laughs> Heath has bid one dollar and guessed the Ravens. <laughs> Both are incorrect. So I am going to award the win to whichever DSD has more points between the Steelers and the Ravens. And that would be, despite the bye week, the Ravens have outscored the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, the Steelers had a bye too. The Ravens have outscored the Steelers. That means Heath wins. I am trying on, you know, trying to think off the top of my head a way to steal the win from Heath, but I don't think I can. So I'm just going to go ahead and give it to you, Heath. Congratulations. Thank you. Woo! Heath wins. I think we have uh, a little bit of time for some Apple Podcast questions. Let's rock and roll. This one comes from Mason. This week I traded James Robinson for Tyler Lockett. Now I have to seek or sell, so you'd probably say sell high on Lockett, I guess, or hold, question mark. What do you think? Take offers. If there's one that's obviously good, accept it. It's the most basic thing you should do when you have a player that runs off 200 yards and three touchdowns in a week. You know he's not going to do it again, but he's still a really good player, so you're not just going to throw him to the wolves for nothing. He's a top 12 wide receiver rest of season. From Jay Bill, who would you start rest of season, Tannehill or Herbert? Herbert. Rob, matchup dependent. From Rob Hawaii, grade the trade, Juju and Godwin for James Robinson and John Brown. A. Are you sure? Okay. Juju and Godwin for James Robinson and John Brown. What's the format? I don't know. Juju's playing zero more games without Antonio Brown. I'll take the receivers. Godwin, you meant? Yeah. Yeah. Juju and Godwin. From Pat. No, no. He he said Juju's playing. Yeah, right. From Pack. Grade the trade. I gave Evans and Zach Moss for Galladay and Akers. Yeah, that's a win. Oh, God, that's a win. That's a huge win. (laughs) Evans is going to have some good games, though, coming up. And it could be one could be this week. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, no. Without without Godwin, he's been great. Right. Uh, This is from Beard. And thank you, Schrager, for trying to change Beard's name. He's just the most vile Apple podcast handle. We'll call him Beard. I like it. Yeah, we'll just call him Beard. I have Galladay, Hawkinson, and Prater. Is that too many Lions? Should I just scoop up Uncle Rico Blankenship? You should get Blankenship anyway. Yeah, drop Prater. Prater's good, but Blankenship has been blank and awesome. I wanted to say... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I saw Blankenship on the waiver wire, and I had Prater, and I just didn't make the move. But Well, well, you've been the low guy on Blankenship all year. Everybody knows that. I have been. You're not on board. Get it? He has sunk his Blankenship. I wanted to say that... Hawkinson would have been my sell high. Uh, he gets about five targets every game. It's good. It's not great. 
He scored a touchdown in three straight games. He's faced New Orleans, Jacksonville, and Atlanta. He's just had these it's a good call. cake matchups. Sure. The problem is that he's a tight end. Yeah, well, a lot of people have, end, have two or three. Or if you're open to streaming, you could do it. Yeah, a lot of people have two or three tight ends, I'm seeing. If they don't have Kelsey Kittle, Andrew, something like that. So I don't hate Hawkinson. It's not like he's going to suck. But I do think this is probably the his peak value. It's my guess. Um, you might just not open Twitter for the rest of the day. Oh, also, no. what did I do? <laughs> I I added the uh, the take. What what was your take? I'm sure you misquoted me. I have outgrown bacon. That's not misquoting me. <laughs> 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 oh my god, I have outgrown bacon. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I kind of have. This might this may be my least favorite take. So he does not eat bacon or drink alcohol. Can't trust the man like this. <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? I have outgrown all things good is more like it. It's rare to find somebody with so, with such consistently horrible food takes. That's a strong take. I certainly haven't outgrown bacon, but give the man credit. He deserves it. Okay, cool. Uh, the more I read this, the more I believe every member of FFT except Adam needs a raise for having to tolerate this. I'm for that. Um, it's tough to convey... Oh, yeah, I oh, know. Okay. No, okay, that's it. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Heath. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Schrager. And uh, we appreciate all listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the AFC home game. See ya.